11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Robert Castellanos. Robert, how's it going? It's going good. How, how are you? I'm doing good. I appreciate you coming on. I know uh, we we went back and forth a while and uh, finally got you on. I know we all, we've all both been busy, but uh, glad to finally get you on. So let's just go back in time a little bit. Uh, what's your first memory of playing soccer? First memory is probably um, back home, you know, I grew up in Palmdale, California, so kind of uh, just playing in my my hometown, um, back in our our kind of playing field that we have out there in Lancaster. So I just remember kind of growing up and, and going to see my older brother play, and you know being able to kick the ball around with my dad and stuff. So the probably first couple memories of me kicking a ball around. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, so you played uh you did like youth academies and things like that, and you got onto LA, LA Galaxy two. Um, did you, so you didn't, you didn't go to college and you just went straight to like the pros? Yeah. Uh, at that time I left, uh, my hometown to go be in the, uh, academy team of Cholos in Tijuana, uh, crossing the border where San Diego was at. So I, I spent most of my, my youth, uh, in San Diego and in Tijuana, you know, playing with the academy there. And then um, I was there from my 14 to 18. And then when I turned 18, um, you know, I was able to kind of make my decision, either go to college or if an opportunity came to play professionally, you know, take that. And at that time, um, I had a couple offers to go play D1. Um, obviously, you know, very appreciated for that. But I just always wanted to go pro, you know, and especially if the opportunity came within that time frame, I just couldn't see myself, you know, dropping it. Obviously, my parents wanted me to go to college, but. Uh, I got an offer to go play first uh, division in Mexico with a team called Atlas in, in that time frame of me kind of graduating high school. And I just ended up I ended up taking it and just kind of flew to Guadalajara and ended up signing there for my first couple of years. That's dope. Um, and then uh, for three years, you were in the, the USL. And then um, last, yeah, last year you signed with Nashville um, SC. So what, what was that like to play in the USL and then get uh, to the MLS contract? Uh, it's honestly, you know, it's just something all of us look forward to, you know, um, coming back from Mexico, I had to come back to a second division to come play in the States, you know, due to some like things that happened in Mexico. So I ended up playing my first year in Galaxy and then obviously my last two years in RGV Falls in Texas. So the USL, I mean, it's just sometimes you underestimate it. Um, I came in, I didn't, you know, think much of it but you know I learned a lot I grew a lot within the league and um, it just kind of gave you that kind of 
hunger to kind of push up and, you know, try to make a jump to MLS. And that was kind of my goal since coming back to the States. It was just like, all right, what I got to do to get myself back into the first division. And, um, well, yeah, you know, I just grinded it out. It's kind of, I consider the USL like a doggy dog world, you know, everybody's out there grinding, pushing it, trying to get themselves themselves up to the first division. And, you know, obviously my opportunity came in um, last year and, uh, you know, I was very grateful for that. Yeah, for sure. And um, <clears throat> I believe you only, yeah, you only played one game so far in the MLS, but you also scored that game. So what was that like your first MLS game and you scored your first game? It's surreal. Uh, obviously, it, it took a while, you know, just trying to get myself adapted to the speed of play. You know, I kind of always knew uh, I had it in me just kind of getting put in that environment and kind of just showing it. So, uh, you know, having my opportunity to kind of debut with the squad, and then, you know, kind of everything fell into place, you know, ended up scoring. And, um, yeah, it was just, you know, a very, very great day for myself. So I was just very happy, honestly. I just wanted to win that game. Uh, that was all in my mind, just hoping the team get a point or three points, whatever it was, just to make sure we didn't lose. And I was able to get uh, a goal. So that was obviously exciting. Yeah, for sure. Um, so currently you're on the Tampa Bay Rowdies. So how is that? How has that been? It's good, you know. Uh, I'm grateful for them. Actually, they they're giving me another opportunity. You know, coming off my injury, it's very hard to kind of get back into the group. Uh, being out for five months, obviously, trying to get back into the Nashville squad. Uh, obviously, me and the head coach from Nashville, we had some conversations about you know my future and everything. And you know, at the moment, uh, we kind of agreed on you know getting myself some playing time and getting myself back into rhythm. And uh, Tampa Bay, you know, obviously I came here at the beginning of the year, injury happened, so I kind of just wanted to finish off what, what I came here to do and just help the team, you know, push forward and, and, and get some results. Gotcha. Uh, what, what kind of injury did you have? I broke my ankle. I broke my, my mm. ankle in March. Yeah, so that set me back a little bit, but uh, I feel like everything happens for a reason. So I learned a lot from it, you know. can't. I want to take it back, honestly. I feel like these things are meant to happen, so yeah. um, just got to push through it. For sure. So you're uh you're healthy now. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's my third week back um in nice. com competition. So yeah, this is my third week since I got nice. back from rehab. I got sent to Tampa to kind of get some games and, and get myself back into to rhythm. Gotcha. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players. Well, how would you like to work with professional players one on one? Now you can with B Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. All right, you ready for the five Quincy questions? Yeah. All right, what's the, what's the most important skill or quality that you feel has made you a successful pro player? I'll say my mentality. I think that and just discipline, I think that those things kind of get overlooked a lot, especially the how you get into this. I think for me, those are the most important ones, especially if, if you're trying to be in this very long time. I think it's very, very mentally draining. So I'll take those. Yeah, for sure. Um, what's the what's the biggest mistake you think pro players are making? Um, it's a good question. I think a big problem I think a lot of us have um, is our egos. I think we failed to adapt. Um, I think we, are, we 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 always think that we go to different teams, different clubs, uh, different coaches, and we failed to adapt to their play style because we were pretty arrogant 
ego doesn't let us want to change our style of play because we feel like we offer what we offer. It's just like sometimes when you go to a team, you got to adapt and, and kind of give what the team needs and what the coach is looking for. And a lot of us, it's very hard for us to kind of push our pride or ego to the side to, to play the style the coaching staff wants. So I think that's a big problem that players have, um, just adapting and just kind of pushing their ego to the side. Yeah, definitely. Um, what what advice would you give to a young player um, trying to make a pro league? Um, advice, I would just say, for me, I, like what helps me the most just like, and I mean, it sounds cliche. I think many people have said it, but I mean, it has helped me. And I think it's probably the best thing that someone would have told me, you know, when I was younger, is just like, just stay consistent. Um like, I did it. Like, honestly, I don't think I'm the most talented player out of all my friends and everybody I grew up with. Like, I've seen players have, you know, all these gifts and everything. But, like, what made me get to where I'm at is just, like, not giving up. Like, like I, I messed up a lot. I felt a lot. I got a lot of setbacks. But I just, like, a lot of my friends had the similar things, but, like, they just cut it short. And then I just kept going. And then sooner or later, my opportunity came. So just, like, that resilience of just keeping pushing forward and just, like, no, like, as long as I'm doing everything I can to get myself ready, like if the opportunity comes at least as long as I know I'm ready for it, you know, I'll take it. But mm -hmm. I think the best advice would be that just stay, stay consistent with, with your work ethic and, and your drive to, to get where you want to be. Like it might not happen now, three months, six months, a year, two years. Like it took me four years to get back to first division. So, mm -hmm. and I'm still, I'm still trying to push it and, and make sure, you know, actually at the level as long as I can, but, you know, if you would have told me when I was younger, it's going to take you four, four years to get back to first division. You know, I would have looked like four years. But, you know, I just kind of focus on the process. So the biggest mm -hmm. thing is just that. Just focus on your process, not the destination so much. All right. These next two could be soccer-related or life-related, how you answer them. Okay. Um, what is something you think most – what is something that most people think is true that you believe isn't? Most people think it's true. <laughs> um, that I think that most people think that professional athletes in general, we are like, we sign a deal and we're like multi-millionaires. I think I think everybody thinks that athletes were like millionaires by the time they just hear like the that we're professional athletes. Yeah. I think that like we are we make millions in all these sports. I, I think it's pretty. I think it's funny that the general public always thinks that like. Just because you play professional sport, you're, you're making automatically makes you a millionaire or you know making a lot of money. I Definitely, think that, that would be one. Uh, what is something you would move forward with if you weren't scared of if things didn't go well? Like in soccer, soccer or, or, or life? Yeah, either or. I mean, being honest, I, I've never seen myself outside of soccer. I so I, uh, but it's very hard. I don't think mm, if things didn't go well. Yeah. Um I always want to open up facilities, so I'll probably be a trainer or something, you know, just kinda give game back to the youth in yeah. any way I can. So I think if if something else didn't work out the way I had it, I'll probably to kind of be a person that, you know, kind of helps people out, I guess. Chase your dream. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know me and you met because of NFTs. So tell me a little bit of how you got into NFTs and cryptocurrency. I got introduced to it uh, a while back. 
I think 2017, but you know how they always say like before you first introduce to her, you kind of just are too scared. So I kind of just pushed it to the side because I just thought it's like I can't do it. I don't know what the hell. I'm... So I missed that jump. You know, I missed I missed that bull run. I missed everything on you know, 2017 yeah. to 2020. Then 2020 came around. I had a buddy called Stony. Um, I met him through mutual friends, and then we just started getting tight. And he started just hitting me up one day with like, "Hey, bro, like." Uh, there's NFTs and I'm like NFTs and this was in um, last year in October, November, September, August, last year in August. He's like, yo bro, like NFTs, you know, like the digital assets. And I'm like, bro, what the hell is this? And I did some research. Normally I would have just, you know, aped in, you know, just boom. But I did some research and then I looked into it. I was like, you know, this is very intriguing. And to me, like I have not got this intrigued into something besides soccer and anime as I did with NFTs. Yeah. And then um, I looked more into it and he started breaking it down to me and I was hella confused. I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I started asking him, like, what's the price range? At that moment, like, the the community we're in was, like, I think the cheapest one was, like, point, point eight, which was, like, $4,000, $3,000. And I'm like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> no way I'm dropping this much money on a digital asset. Like, this is, you know, like everybody says, I could just right kick, right click and save. But he just, he was consistent with it, just kept like kind of bugging me a little bit. And then I'm just like, oh, whatever, we got on FaceTime call, we start talking. And then he gifted me one. Yeah. And when he gifted me one, he's like, bro, it's good. Like, he's like, you could do payments on it. Like, I know you got it, but just so you can like just pay a little bit on it by the time. And then once you feel comfortable, you can pay the rest of it. And then, um, you know, and then at the end, he was just like, bro, it's good. Like, because we're just helping each other out a lot. And yeah. we ended up going on, going on into some deals and then we kind of profited both. I mean, he's just like, bro, like, you know what, dude, you've been helping me out. And we, we just both been like grinding together. He's like, you know what, you could have it. And then right there, I was already so attached to the NFT that I was like, I want more. So then I started buying more. And mm-hmm. then that's, that's how I started for me. Just like, you know, uh, a very, very good friend that kind of opened up the doors and kind of broke it down to me because it's very, very complex and it's very kind of confusing, but. I, once I saw the community, once I saw the bonds, once I saw, I was like, you know, it's more than profits, it's more than the money and the big picture of it. I was just like, yeah, this is something yeah. I'm very interested in. Yeah, I was, I was definitely skeptical about it too. Just even like when people were always saying community, community, because like I hear that in like other business ventures, and I'm like, yeah, That's the BS. But like this is actually no, like for sure. real. And uh, yeah, it's no, dope. Yeah. Like I got, I kind of got like even the same thing like you. I kind of got like addicted to just like looking at stuff and just like like researching all the stuff and seeing. Like I literally, I actually released my own NFTs before I even bought one. Like last, uh, uh, like April twenty twenty one. But that's the thing. Like I feel like that's how you get the most like experience within it. Like for me, like I sidelined like. Uh, cryptocurrencies like all 2017 2018 2019 i like sideline and i feel like when you sideline you miss so much opportunity so i was like you know what like i'm not gonna sideline no more like i'm gonna get in it and then i'm gonna yeah. learn within the process you know like yeah i took some losses here and there but like i did win as well you know in some other areas so then i i feel like the best way you learn through this is like once you're in it and especially like you know i was kind of fortunate to have a couple of people around me that were already in it for a while so they kind of showed me the ropes but um, besides that, like, I feel like I was, like, over sidelining. Like, I miss crypto, I miss Ethereum and Bitcoin when they're, you know, at, like, hundreds and, and you know, $1,000 Bitcoin, $100 ETH, and, you know. 
So at this point, I just dollar cost average Ethereum because I'm, I'm a big big believer in Ethereum and Bitcoin as well. And I just kind of you know buy some NFTs that I feel like are promising long term. And and for me, I know everybody like I feel like the best thing about cryptocurrencies, or I mean the NFT space, is like you get called out quick, especially yeah. now. like people know what's what's BS. Uh, you can't fake it no more. Like you know, so I feel like personally, I do feel like ninety. And five percent of entities will go down to zero in the long term. But as long as you're like you do your research and you make sure you're in the five percent of the entities that will prosper through it and, and will become the next wave of what's the future, I think that's the promising part. And I feel like I'm in a couple of those projects already. So I'm just consistently just buying a little bit more of them, you know, throughout the months and just holding. Yeah, definitely. All right, you ready for some fun questions? Yeah. Uh, what's your what's your favorite cheat meal? Damn, that is crazy because I love food. My favorite <laughs> cheat meal, it's I don't have a cheat meal. I have a cheat day. That's my problem. All right, All right. I, give, I your, give me your rundown that, of your cheat day then. <laughs> and, and I'll give you a perfect one. Like okay, this one for me would be like perfect. I would it would have to be uh, I would go to Publix first or any grocery store, and I would get this buffalo dip with this pretzel i forgot the name of it but this pretzel like buffalo like it's like a pretzel but it's flat i don't know if you've ever seen it yeah i know yeah I know. yeah okay those two i get those bring them over then i get wing stop so i get wing stop lemon pepper uh 10 piece with fries and then um that would be like my first meal and then if like if i'm going overboard i'll get pizza all but right. my my go-to is is stop and and some buffalo dip. I just had Wingstop like, for the first time because they didn't have. I'm in Connecticut. They didn't have them over here yet. Really, yeah. Wingstop is just like to die for. For me, I love Wingstop like that. Do like it better than Buffalo like, Wild Wings? I just personally, I feel like the wings because I get lemon pepper and Buffalo Wild Wings doesn't do like they do lemon yeah. pepper, but like this just try yeah. it. Uh, I do like Buffalo, but I feel like Buffalo is more like of an like it's like the environment that makes it better. Like you go over there with your boys to have a couple of drinks and watch some watch some sports. Like Wingstop, I feel like that's to like to go unless you're having something at your house or you're watching a movie yourself. But I like the wings. Like we're going wing for wing. Yeah. I say Wingstop. If we're going for like the place, obviously Buffalo Wings takes a dub. Gotcha. That's that's hilarious. Yeah. That was yeah, dude, I'm a, I, I, I love food, dude. I... All right, last one. Uh, who would you want to do a jersey exchange with in the MLS and then uh, like an all-time one, like anywhere? In the MLS, um, I already did it. I, I was going to say one of my boys. I already did it with Brandon Massey. That's my boy. Um, let me see. Who would I do a jersey exchange with? That would be dope. Um... Personally, I'll probably think Bella. All right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you don't want mine, but I'll for sure be like, you know, can I get your jersey, bro? <laughs> yeah, what about yeah, what about sure. it's like an all-time all one, like anybody? All-time? Like present? Like whoever's like playing right now, like overseas and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, I'll have to go with Ramos. Yeah, uh, Ramos. All right, I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, appreciate you coming on. And uh, could you let the listeners know where to follow you at? 
Uh, you could follow me on Instagram. It would be Castia4. And on Twitter, it would be RC4Official. And yeah, if you, if you guys have any questions, anything, I'll be, I'll be on there. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.